Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z podcast. I'm your host, Steph Boldrini. This podcast is for everyone who wants to be part of our real estate family and learn commercial real estate investing from A to Z. I'll be sharing with you tips for real estate investing while being mentored by a few people with several years of experience so that you and I can make the least amount of mistakes as possible and succeed a lot faster. My goal is to keep things very straightforward because I value your time and you are here to learn. With that, in the last episode, we reviewed how to get loans for self-storage properties and we also shared with you the big secret of who is the best lender in the world. And in today's episode, we are discussing an asset class that we have not covered yet, mobile home parks. We'll discuss why are they good investments, how you can find them, and how to analyze them. We are interviewing Todd Solzinger. He is the founder of Blue Elm Investments. Todd is a mobile home park investor and syndicator. He has been investing in real estate since 2013. And prior to that, he had a successful career in corporate finance here in Silicon Valley. Here we go. Todd, thank you so much for being here with us today. We are going to be talking about mobile home parks. And I made a goal for this podcast to be everything but residential. However, (laughs) there is a compelling event on mobile home parks and also you're mostly managing the land itself. So we will just go with the flow. Why don't we get started and talk a little bit about you and then we'll jump into the questions. Great. Thanks, Steph. I really appreciate you having me on your show. I've been looking forward to this. I manage a company called Blue Elm Investments and I'm based in the San Francisco Bay Area. And essentially we go out and look for mobile home parks and bring groups of investors together to purchase the parks. So my company does all the heavy lifting around finding the parks, finding the market, doing the due diligence, creating all the legal structure, and then we just share those profits with our investors. I spent most of my career in corporate finance working for companies in the Silicon Valley, either as a controller or a director of finance, working on financial planning and analysis. So yeah, I've been working around numbers and spreadsheets and analysis for basically my whole professional career before I got into real estate. It's interesting for me when I hear people talk about, oh, I'm really good at the marketing or you know researching deals, but oh, I just can't stand spreadsheets and dealing with all the numbers. But for me, because I've just been living in the Excel and analysis world for a long time, it's really second nature for me. I appreciate that very much because I also I'm like, please... <laughs> somebody (laughs) take care of my Excel. (laughs) Anytime. As we all know, financing and analysis is one of the most important parts of buying the property and the due diligence. So Mm. it's a very valuable skill. Why did you decide on mobile home parks as an asset class? It kind of happened over a long period of time, looking at a lot of different markets and asset classes. I started investing in real estate back in 2013, buying single family homes in Dallas, Fort Worth with the idea of, okay, I'm going to go where the returns are better out of state. I'm going to start small with single family homes and I'll build up this portfolio and that'll kind of you know, take care of me. And that's the way I'll invest in real estate. 
But as many people find out, there's only so far that can go. And if your goal is to find a way to replace your passive income with real estate income, doing it through single family homes can take a long time. At that point, I started to look into putting together real estate syndications. As I found a lot of people that I had talked to and worked with were interested in real estate, investing in real estate, but didn't want to do all the research and looking into dealing with property management or rehabilitation, whatever it might be, but they were interested in taking advantage of some of the benefits of real estate. So I started to do research into doing syndications, pooling groups of investors' money together, started going to conferences and learning all I could about it. When you start down that process, you're kind of trying to decide at that point, like, where do I invest? What do I invest in a certain state, a certain city, a certain asset class? And you can go all over the place. And I was looking into everything, groups of single family homes, apartments, self-storage, mobile home parks, RV parks. And I, I had always been intrigued by mobile homes. And I knew a few people in that business. I guess the one thing I had heard about those that could make them potentially difficult is they're harder to manage than an apartment or a single family home. It's not an asset class that you can find professional property managers, typically as common as you can for apartments and single family homes. But I was able to create a relationship with some mobile home park consultants and property managers as they have two parts of their business. And as I built my relationship with them, I, I found that they could be a great resource for me to help me with the acquisition and due diligence and help with the property management. Because it really is a certain skill set to deal with that product type, that tenant type, that's different than apartments and single family homes. And these consultants really have that process nailed. So once I found that relationship and started to feel comfortable with working with them, I decided to take the plunge and say, I'm going to focus on mobile home parks and take advantage of, of some of the other big benefits of mobile home parks, which is the returns are better than most other real estate assets. They're very recession resistant. There's definitely concerns now with what's going to be happening in the economy in the future. And the mobile home park business is very resistant through any kind of recession movements in the economy. Why is that? If you own your own mobile home, then you can often rent the pads themselves in the markets I look in for between $150 and $350 a month. If you don't own your own home, but you're renting a mobile home from a park owner like myself, you might be able to rent it for, for between $450 to $750, $800. So if somebody is looking for a place to live that's potentially less than an apartment or a single family home, then mobile home parks are one of the best choices they have. A lot of people, when they're looking at place to live and if they're comparing an apartment that might be going for say 900 or $1,000 in the market versus a mobile home that might be renting for five or 600, is that they have their own home, nobody above them or to the side of them, single story, they can drive right up to their house and they potentially have a little bit of a yard around them. So for a lot of people, it's a, it could be a more attractive place to live and it's at a lower price point. If there's any issues where wages might become stagnant or people may lose their jobs, where somebody might rent, might be an A-class apartment, those people might go down to B, B-class, B-class might go down to C-class. Mobile home parks are typically in the C-class range. So once you hit below that, there's really no other place to go. If people are looking for an affordable place to live, then mobile home parks are really the, the best answer out there. And it's really interesting too, the mobile home parks are the only asset class in the country that there's less and less of every year. You know, there's always new 
apartments and homes being built across the country all the time, but there's no new mobile home parks being built. And oftentimes they're they're actually closing down, whether that's just through redevelopment or abandonment uh, over time. So that is the, one of the other things from a supply demand standpoint is really favorable for the mobile home park space. Does that go hand in hand with the tiny home movement? I know that the government does not want more mobile home parks approved just because they don't get real estate taxes out mm -hmm. of it. But how about the tiny home movement? People often ask that because I think you do see that in the news and read stories about how people are looking to find cool places to live and, and downsizing and looking for a simpler lifestyle. Typically, the tiny homes are more expensive on average than a mobile home would be. And they're smaller. I think I forget the exact size, but I think the tiny homes are kind of in the 350 to 400 square foot range. So If you're a family with a couple of kids, that's not going to work out. And the prices of those are quite a bit more than a regular mobile home or manufactured home. We can acquire mobile homes, use mobile homes and put them into place in the say, $18,000 to $25,000 range. Or you could get a new mobile home that's kind of on the economy end of the scale for say $35,000 to $40,000. So when you compare something that could be you know, three, two or three bedroom mobile home for $35,000, $40,000, even for something newer compared to a $70,000 or $80,000 tiny home, typically the, the economics don't work to put those in place. I find it really interesting how they market it. It's definitely a smaller home, as you were saying, but it's more expensive just because it's a popular movement. <laughs> so you're getting yes, less home I, I for more price. <laughs> They're really cool. They've got great porches, patios, and um, high-end amenities. I was in one when I was in Seattle last year, and they had a display outside and I walked inside. It is really nice. Very small, obviously, and you kind of have to wiggle your way around the home, but very high-end amenities. So I don't think they're made for somebody who's looking for an economical place to live. How do you go about finding deals in a market that is shrinking, like the mobile home park market? The good side is there's over 40,000 mobile home parks in the country. So there's lots of supply. The top owners in the country, there's three public companies that own mobile home parks and some other larger operators. They own, from what I've researched, maybe between five or 6,000 of those 40,000. So that means there's a lot of mobile home parks out there that are owned by smaller owners, maybe just smaller operators that might own several or mom and pop operators that may only own one or two. So while the supply is shrinking, there's still a lot of opportunity out there to acquire parks. My primary source has been through brokers. There's a few brokers out there that specialize in the mobile home park space, as well as other commercial brokers who periodically get listings for parks. I recently closed on a park in Georgia, and that one I found through a broker who specializes in mobile home parks. Also, the mobile home park consultants that I work with, they have quite a bit of deal flow that crosses their desk. So I see a fair amount through them as well that have the potential to purchase. And uh, recently, I've also started to see more activity on the partnering front where I've seen quite a few other people putting deals together who are looking for people to partner with. So they may have a park uh, under contract and they're looking for people to partner with to put deals together. So sometimes things come across my desk from that angle as well. Thank you for bringing up the last deal that you made. I think that goes hand in hand with my next question on how do you analyze a mobile home park? 
So why don't we take that one as an example and we go over the numbers if you would like so we can understand how to analyze a mobile home park. Sure. There's a multi-step process when I'm looking at potential acquisitions and bringing them through my funnel. I've got a simple spreadsheet that I have created where something looks like it might work. I can plug it into a spreadsheet and take a look at the numbers and get a quick sense of whether it's even worth pursuing further. And if it looks like it is, then I have a more detailed model that I put numbers into. But it's like any other multifamily business, you're really looking at the amount of income that it's generating. With this park, it's actually two parks that are about a mile from each other. And uh, the seller owned five parks and he was selling these two because they were about an hour from where he lived and it was just too hard for him to manage dealing with parks that were that, again, that far where he was having to drive out to the park a couple times a week to collect rents because he was a very hands-on manager. The acquisition price for the parks, again, two parks together, 71 spaces was 825000 And in that situation, there were about 55 homes that the park owns, and there were about 10 lots that were rented by tenants who own their own homes. And then there's a few vacant spaces that we will eventually need to fill in. So then you last 12 months income statement. What is the history of vacancies? Uh, looking at what the operating expenses have been, uh, going through a due diligence process of visiting the park and just seeing if there's any other infrastructure issues that might need to be taken care of. From there, when you're comparing the net operating income to the purchase price, then putting the deals together saying, is this something that I think will make sense for, for my investors? Can there be enough uh, safety and return and potential upside that it'll be attractive for me to bring to my investor group? How do you go about rent comps if you bought the entire neighborhood and there is nobody near you? How do you know how, by how much you can increase well, rent? Yeah, great question. Again, that's another funny thing about the mobile home park business. I think if you compared it to apartments or single family homes and you just drove around the neighborhood, usually apartments might have a name to them or a phone number you can call. But many mobile home parks this in this town that I bought the parks in, it's probably um, between 50 and 60,000 people. I estimate there's probably 25 to 30 mobile home parks. There are it. some that maybe have 10 spaces, other ones that might have 50 or 60. But if you drive through town down the roads, you'll just see a lot. And it's like, oh, there's 25, 30 mobile homes on that lot there and drive a little bit further, a couple miles down the road. And there's another 25 or 30. And most of the time they don't have signs or names on them. They're just a piece of land that somebody bought put in all the infrastructure and started uh, renting the lots or renting the homes. So that can make it a little challenging because if you do a search for mobile home parks in this town, only about five or six show up because those are the only ones that are named. None of them have websites, so they're not very you know, sophisticated sellers where it's this elaborate operation. So a lot of it was making phone calls for the ones that did have signs outside their, their parks and asking them, what is their lot rent? how much they rent their two-bedroom and three-bedroom homes for, and doing our comp search that way. And then you can also do comps based on apartments. So again, if the if we know that two-bedroom or three-bedroom apartments are going for between $800 and $1,000, then we've got pretty good comfort that if we've got a nice product and we want to rent it for $500 to $550, we'll be pretty safe. One of the other things that we like to do is run test ads on Craigslist. So 
before we actually after we had the parks under contract but before we acquired them during our due diligence period we placed ads on craigslist just saying you know two bedroom mobile home for 450 dollars three bedroom mobile home for 550 dollars call this number it's a good way to test what the what the market would bear and we got a very favorable response right after we put the ads on craigslist we had multiple people calling saying yes i'm interested need to move right away. When can I come by and take a look at the homes? If it would have been a case of no responses at all, we would have tried again at a lower rent amount because there's a possibility that the rent would have been too high. If in that case, there was still not a response, then it would have not spoken well to the market. So the fact that when we did these test ads, we got a favorable response, we felt comfortable that the rents that we were projecting in our pro formas were, we were going to be able to meet those. I love the ad idea. That's brilliant. Yeah, the test ads are really great. I mean, that's really one way to know that you're really going to. Exactly. It's brilliant. Is there anything else that is important for our listeners to know about mobile home parks? If they're interested in them, they shouldn't be scared of them. Again, they're different animals to manage than other multifamily assets for sure. But again, if you have the right partners that can have a good control on the on-site management, then then I think they can be really great investments. That combination of good returns, fewer number of parks in the country, and the recession resistancy is great. And then also the other thing too is because you're often dealing with mom and pop sellers, they're often less sophisticated sellers. So there is an opportunity at times to get a little bit better price than you might if you were competing against uh, quite a few people trying to buy a an apartment hmm. building. And also sometimes seller financing is available. We were able to get seller financing on these parks we closed. And you know, the seller wanted to get out of the properties because he didn't want to travel down and, and manage them as much as he had been, but he really didn't need the money. So we were able to work with him and really just kind of find out what his motivations were, what he was you know, looking to get out of this. He didn't want to pay the capital gains on selling the entire park. So we were able to, you know, work through a negotiation process to say, hey, if you can carry back a note on the property, you'll get monthly income, you'll be out of the day-to-day management. And at worst case, if we default on this loan, you're going to take back over this park that you already know how to run. So it made him feel feel comfortable that he had a, a good piece of collateral backing his note, didn't have to pay all the capital gains, but he's still getting some income uh, on the note that he's carrying. How can our listeners get in touch with you? My website is www.blueelminvestments.com and they can reach me at Todd, T-O-D-D, at blueelminvestments.com. I love educating and sharing ideas with investors and other syndicators. And if you're any of your listeners are living in the San Francisco Bay Area, I'd be really happy to connect in person. Todd, thank you so much for making the time to enlighten us around mobile home parks. It's a very interesting asset class, as you mentioned, especially for the potential recession coming up. I really appreciate your time and uh, look forward to hopefully getting you back here. Thanks, Steph. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I really enjoy your podcast. You're doing a great job. You've got great content and uh, looking forward to hearing more from you. Do you know anyone who is interested in learning more about commercial real estate investing? Make sure to share this podcast with them. And also, now you can subscribe to our newsletter and you can find the link to that under show notes. Once you go to our website, you will see a subscribe box on top of the page. 
I look forward to sharing a lot of good resources with you guys and I will see you next time.